Shareable is part of C-Suite Radio. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this either is or will become your favorite podcast. This is Shareable, the podcast so good, you got to tell someone about it. I'm your host, Jeff Gibbard. In every episode, I talk with someone about the impact that people and technology have had on their career and their lives. So, let's get to it. Here we are. It's Shareable, and this is my podcast. So guess what? Today, I got to talk with Doug Sandler, and he's a nationally recognized speaker and a writer with extensive business background. He's also an entrepreneur and a leader. His book, Nice Guys Finish First, is a number one ranked Amazon bestseller. And as a podcast, Doug has interviewed everyone from Gary Vaynerchuk, Ariana Huffington, Dan Harris from Good Morning America, Ron Klain, and a bunch of other celebrities. He specializes in teaching others the how-tos of building relationships and strengthening connections. This episode is incredibly shareable. This is episode number one, and you are guest number one, Doug Sandler. Thank you for being with me. I like to start out with a question that helps to set the stage for me and everyone listening. I'd like to know how you use the internet and technology in general. I want to know, are you an early adopter or a late adopter? Uh, are you someone who creates a lot of content or just responds? Do you simply sit and watch like a spectator? Are you an email guy, a social media guy, a big searcher? Tell me about you. How do you use technology in this world? Yeah, and I would say, and thanks for, by the way, Jeff, for having me on your show. I'm, I'm so honored to be guest number one. So anything from here on out is just going to be much better because <laughs> it can't get worse than me. No, I'm just teasing. So I, I, I think that I think really what's interesting about it is I reinvented my career about five years ago. And if you were to ask me this question at, as a 47-year-old, which is what I was five years ago, being 52 now, I would have said, ah, you know, the internet is great. It, 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 you know, I have my website and that way people can get information. I reinvented myself uh, five years ago. And as a result of that, I've completely adopted the internet as my, as 100% as my, as my marketing tool. Now, what I, when I say that, but a whole bunch of different channels. So I have a podcast. Uh, I have a book that I use to promote through social media. Um, Twitter is huge, huge, huge um, network builder for me, 30 some odd thousand uh, Twitter followers, which is great. I have this program called the C-Suite Radio Network also that, that I put my podcast in and pushes my message out through a large resource of, uh, of C-level execs. So I would say as of today for this reinvention of me, probably 90% of what I do is done uh, through, through social media and through the internet. So technology, huge, huge, huge plus for, uh, for me. And, and building that brand is oh so essential in, in anybody's business now if they're going to start building a business. Absolutely true. And you said you're what, 55, you said? 52. 53. 52. Okay, okay. so 52. Yeah. yeah, whatever. So, but at 52, anybody that's listening right now that is in their 50s might be thinking like, well, hey, how's this guy using technology so easily and fluently and reinventing himself? I thought that was only for the kids, the millennials, as they call them. So is this always been, are you the kind of person that you know, was always fascinated by this stuff at all? Or, or did you just say, ah, screw it. I'm just going to go dive into it. I think if I were to take a, take a, a, a phrase out of my good friend, Jeffrey Hazlett's world, adapt, change or die. 
And maybe maybe he took it from somebody else or maybe he created that. I don't know. But it is truly the philosophy that you have to have. And if you don't have that philosophy, you will die on the vine. If you have a business that you want to get up to speed today and you're not using technology to your advantage, uh, then then you're going to lose. But the other side of it, too, Jeff, just so so you're aware, as a 52-year-old, I don't even like technology. Technology is not necessarily my friend. I'm not I'm not a guy that it just easily picks up technology and and I'm not necessarily a guy I had to listen to who moved my cheese probably seven times before I understood that change was actually a, a vital component of my, my being. So for me, it was all about learning not social media overall and not technology overall, but taking it one bit at a time. How do you do this Twitter thing? How do you do this podcasting thing? Before I even had a podcast, I had never even listened to a podcast. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But I aligned myself with the people that knew stuff better than I did, knew more than I did. And I found a lot of great connections that have, through my philosophy of nice guys finish first, being nice, understanding, seeing what they're doing, observing what they're doing with their life, and and moving in the same direction. You know, my dad always used to tell me, if you want to be successful, follow somebody else that's been successful and that's further down the road than you. And that's all I've done. So technology, while maybe it's not the easiest thing to pick up, if you do it one bit at a time, you'll find that you are you will get uh, so much accomplished if you were able to do it just a little bit at a time. It's awesome because you talk about it similar to like how I would probably talk about actual tools like, you know, like hammers and screwdrivers yeah. and things like that. I, I don't like hammers or screwdrivers or anything, but if something is out of place and I need that particular tool, I am so glad that I have it. And I think the way that you framed your use of technology is not that you love it or hate it, but that you recognize its importance and its value and how it, uh, how it helps you to do what you need to do in your life. So, um, it's, it's interesting because you are fluent in it, obviously as, as evidenced by what you're doing online, but it's not, it's not like you didn't have to overcome the resistance to it. No, I, I think that if you if you keep the resistance at bay, you know, we all have fear, you know, fear of of something new in our life that's going to completely up up upturn our life and change the way that we think. And, and we have a whole new pi- paradigm shift to the way that we think and we believe and we feel. If you don't look at it that way, if you just say, I just need to open up a Twitter account. You know, I just need to start using social jukebox. I just need to start uh, understanding how iTunes is put together. And I just need to understand what is SEO. You know, pay-per-click, SEO, all of those jargon buzzwords, words, those are words that I still hate to use. And I don't use them as a course of my... And I teach people how to build their brand to rock star status. I mean, that is really what, when I'm out there and when the rubber hits the road, when I am delivering a performance or delivering a speech, my job is to teach them how to build their brand using social media. And I'm a guy that doesn't even like the the jargon that social media provides. Somebody asked me a question. I'm like, can you say that in English so that I understand what you're asking me? Sometimes people perceive that. They might see that and they might I'd say, this guy's an idiot. What's he going to teach us? But social proof uh, conquers all. If I just show them the social following that I have, not because I bought Twitter followers, but because I actually built them one at a time, how I built a podcast that our goal in 2017 is to achieve the 1 million download mark. When I show them that we have 350,000 downloads and I prove to them that, yes, I am a guy that that can speak English, a language that we should all know if we're listening to this in English, that uh, that it does not have to be about zeros and ones and binary code and, and HTML. I don't know any of that stuff. I don't want to know any of that stuff. I can always hire people to do that for me. But the stuff that's important is how can we possibly build our brand by being a human being one relationship at a time? 
this is perfect because I want to use that exact point to ask you the next thing that I'm, that's a burning question on my mind. You talk a lot about the, the people, the people that have impacted you and helped you when, you know, they knew something that you didn't or that have in some way inspired you to do something. Well, and I would go back to uh, 47 to, to that 47 year old guy sitting in front of my financial planner. My financial planner, who has absolutely nothing to do with my uh, my business, but everything to do with managing the three cents that I've happened to save over the last 47 years of, of living. And uh, he said to me something really important. He said, hey, look at look at where you are right now and look at your closest competition. How old are they and where are they in their business? And I looked back and I said, well, there's a guy that's probably my co- closest competition. Just so everybody knows, my, my background is in entertainment as a DJ, a social event, uh, a luxury event DJ in the social world world in the DC marketplace. So it's a very, very fine-tuned, very fine niche um, uh, market. And he said, who is your competition? My competition was 20 years younger than me. And he said, look at the guy that's 10 years beyond where you are. Do you want to be that guy? And I said, uh, no, I don't want to be the guy that's 60 years old in the middle of the dance floor doing the cha-cha slide, the booty call, and the electric slide, and the Cupid shuffle. That's just not what I want to do. He said, well, look at the guy that is 20 years younger than you. Is he, is he catching up to you? And I said, yeah, these guys are all catching up. He said, if you don't want to be where you, where you see yourself in 10 years with that guy, you need to start making some changes in your, in your life. So if there was one big influence, I would say it was that guy that gave me just the advice that keep your mind, keep your eyes open for potential opportunity. And it wasn't until probably eight or nine months later that I saw a guy, his name is Ryan Estes, speak at a conference. And Ryan was a, he was speaking on change and change management. It wasn't necessarily his message, but the way he was presenting it. And I said, I think that I can do that. And I pointed to that guy and I said, I can go up on stage and do what he's doing. As a DJ, you're only opening up that microphone for 15 seconds at a time. But as a speaker, you're leaving it open for 60 minutes at a time as a keynote speaker, especially I'm like I can do that. I know I can do that. And I found out who a speaking coach was. And I find, found out that you need to write a book. And I found out that you need all of these blah, 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 blah in order, you know, step one, two, through, through Z. And, and you needed to do that in order to be successful at being a professional speaker. And all I've done is follow that guy and follow what he's done and follow all of the other people that have been the mentors in my life since, uh, you know, since I was 47. So five years ago. That is fantastic. I I love the fact that you even have like that single moment because a lot of people would, would waffle about it, but it really speaks to the fact that sometimes one moment you have with someone where you lend them a piece of advice or a change in perspective can really shift how they see potentially the rest of their life, the rest of their career. Oh, I totally agree. It, it, it does not have to be a, a, a huge, uh, a, a momentous occasion with a number of different, it can be, I, I can probably on one hand name five people that, uh, that have been instrumental in helping me once I've decided. Now, it's up to you to set the goals and set your, your dreams of what you want to become, but it, it is about making the right connections, and I can pin it back to a handful of people that have really helped me guide my life through the last five years. You talk a lot about the people that have had an impact on you, um, or, or you, you've you've been very specific about how this one particular conversation made an impact, and and how there was that guy that you saw on stage, and you said, "Well, that I want to do that." So those are the people, right? And then. In order to do that, you began to look at the world that you live in. And that world that you live in at that point in time when you decided to make that change, the internet was kind of blossoming in a new way. Can you talk to me a little bit about how the internet and how technology in general has 
has given you the ability to make that career shift at that point in your life? Absolutely. And, and that's a great question because it does lead into, well, how, based upon what you have, you know, the information that you have <clears throat> and the knowledge that, you, that you're working on, how do you translate that into actual action? So I, I think that some of the best advice that I had ever, ever gotten, and I can't remember who specifically gave me this advice, but um, it might have been my book coach. He, he basically said to me, do not stop building your network while you're writing your book. And uh, what that basically meant to me was that I needed to continue doing the things um, that I had to in order to build that network up. And that was through Twitter, through my, uh, through my email list. You know, you'll, you'll always own your email list. So that's probably the, the best area for you to start. So continue writing, blogging. I was a blogger. So that would be an area that I would encourage everybody to start. You want to become, as I teach people when I talk to them about building their brand, you want to become an out-of-town expert with a briefcase. You know, whenever that guy is that shows up as the out-of-town expert, he's got the briefcase, he opens up the briefcase and they put him in the court case and he opens it up and he brings out his folder. All of a sudden, we don't know anything about this guy other than he's in a trench coat, he's got his black leather attache, he opens the attache, he pulls out the file and he starts reading from the file. In our mind, we place that guy as an expert. So what can we do today in order to be an expert in what we do? We can build our network through social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Those are three big areas if you're in the kind of business that I'm in, which is professional speaking. You can write a blog. You can, uh, you can and, and push that out through any number of different sources like MailChimp or, or Salesforce or any way that you, you can to manage your, your, um, your potential clients and your prospects. You can write a book and then promote it through social media. That's a little bit. Now, you don't have to write a, a full length 200 page book like I did. You could write a, uh, an ebook for 25 pages. So there's a number of different ways through social media that you can build what you, uh, what you want to try to accomplish. And then you want to be not only the creator of content, you want to be the curator of content too. So you want to take other people's information that is uh, very similar to yours, retweet, repost for them, giving them credit. Obviously, that aligns you with that network. Um, and if you're aligning yourself with another expert, again, association is everything. If you're associated with another expert in the field that you're in, you might be, conf not confused, but you might be perceived as, a, as an expert yourself. So all of these things are the new way to network and build your own business as you are, uh, as you are learning as well. And even before you are, you know, I hate to say it, but oftentimes I will feel or I felt long ago, I felt like I was a fraud. I felt like, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really this guy that I'm representing. I was, you know, I really was an expert in building your brand as I was building my brand, but uh, I didn't feel it until people start hiring you and paying you to come out and speak or to come out and present to them or to train them or to consult with their business. You may not feel like you really own up to that rock star expert, ind industry expert person, but uh, believe it or not, you probably know more about what you do than most of the people that are studying the subject that you are working on. So that for me was a, uh, was a, big, was a big epiphany, realizing that I needed to become an expert and I was going to use social media and the internet to help kind of push me forward. It's so interesting because I've, I've had, as, as you have, the, uh, the privilege of talking with some really extraordinary people throughout my career and, and in the previous iteration of my podcast. And this idea of fraud syndrome has come up so many times yeah. among people that it, it's funny. I look at them and I'm like, wow, you are, you are brilliant. Like, I can't wait until I have your level of knowledge. And they experience 
many of the same things. So it's interesting because I, I recently heard an expression to the third grader, uh, the fourth grader looks like a genius. And it's, <laughs> it's this that idea that no matter where you are, you're always going to see people that, and especially if you're an ambitious person, you're going to see people that are further along and you're going to think, well, I don't know as much as them. So I'm not, I'm not the real deal just yet. And then you have those experiences like you alluded to, where you go into a room of people who, who know absolutely nothing about what you know about, and you come off as the smartest guy in the room or smartest girl in the room. And, uh, you know, that, that is something that we all seem to experience. And it's it's nice that people like you come on to the show or, or that are out there and talking about that that is something that we all are going to experience. And it's, it's not something to be fearful of. And, and it also the, it also lends to the to, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's, it also lends no, to, the, um, to the, the discussion of you don't have to know everything about everything. All you need to do is know a little bit more than the guy that you're teaching or, you know, in order to be his mentor, be a year ahead of him and be five years ahead of him, whatever it is. But you don't have to know about the entire range of products, and which is which again lends again to the credibility of really getting to know what you are an expert at. If you're an expert at building relationships, and you're well, what does that mean? Give me a, a more specific example of what what it means to to be an expert at building relationships, and and if that means building your brand, if that means becoming an expert in your industry, if that means whatever it is, just really micro niche down into exactly what it is that you're good at, and people will pay to have you describe that and teach them how to do exactly what you've done. Yeah, and I think there's this. Uh Again, like when you look at people that you perceive as experts, obviously, you most of the time we don't think about the struggle or the fraud syndrome or any of the things that they go through to get there. We just perceive them as the expert. Right, right. And a lot of people, I'm glad that you shared the the kind of the, the learning experience along the way that got you there. But a lot of people could listen to someone who's progressed to the point in their career that you have um, or that I have or really anybody has that they're looking up to in some way or looking to for advice. And they might think, oh, this was this was easy. Um, and we know that it wasn't. So what I want to know from you is, and this might be helpful for someone uh, because they might be uh, on the same path as you or they might be just really resonating with your experiences. What's that big lesson that you wished you learned earlier in your career that will give somebody a listening to this somewhat of a shortcut to, to potentially accelerating their path to success. Yeah, I think that I think that success is a mindset. So for me, I would say that, and my wife brings this up all the time. Again, not in addition to the fact that don't let money be the only barometer for your for your success. There are so many other things that are that can help you level out what success is. But I think one of the things that you have to continually tell yourself over and over and over again is never compare your middle to somebody else's end. Or never compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. We are only seeing on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, nobody is going to post the dramatic failures that they've been through in their life. I wish they would. I wish people would put that more often because it would make me feel a little bit better that, you know, I look at where I am in my life and then I look at a guy like, again, I'll use him because he's going to be a guest in the future on your show. I'll look at a guy like Jeffrey Hazlett and just say, there is no way I'm ever going to get there in my entire life. But I forget that to, to I, I really have to focus on the fact that he's been doing it for 30 plus years. I've only been doing it for five years. And the initial part of building a business is always the hardest. So yep. if you compare your beginning to somebody else's middle, 
you're go- you're you're going to you're going to really start to to beat yourself up more so than than required or necessary. Stay with your goals, stay with your dreams, stay with the steps that you know that you need to take by following other people that have done it, but don't use them as a comparison for where you should be. Ryan Estes, for example, the guy that that I saw on stage that day, we are still in contact with each other. He is so far beyond me where I wanted to be five years into my business, if somebody were to say, it's going to take you that long just to get to where I am, I probably would not have started this business. But the problem is that you can't compare where he, I have no idea what he's been through, the desperation that he had to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, um, to go through and, and to deal with through his building the business for the first five years. You just have to be your own person, be your own light and, uh, and don't follow, don't, don't guide, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Cause it's only going to be a losing proposition for you. That's all amazing advice. I echo it. I fully agree with it. And I, I also believe that success is a mindset. And out of that, okay, so now we, we've kind of covered the, that's, that's what uh, it makes sense early in your career, maybe when you're going through the struggle to make sure you have that mindset. But what's one thing that you think everybody listening to this episode could go and do today that might inch them one step closer? So we've covered a little bit about the people that have impacted you. And, and um, we'll talk a little bit uh, after this about, about your entire um, kind of uh, perspective and, and angle on business. Uh, we'll definitely cover that. But if somebody were to go out and do one thing today, that could really make a difference in their life, what would be that thing that you would suggest? All right. And that's a great question. And it's one that I wish that more people would ask in the course of uh, how do you actually get there? Because <laughs> I think that yeah. I think that all this theory is terrific, but damn, how do you actually do what you need to do? Okay. I'm, a, I'm yeah, about rubber to, give, to road, right? I, I'm about, right. I'm about to give you uh, something that is not rocket science or brain surgery. I'm just about to tell you some really practical information that is that this is what I have done over the last 30 some years of building a business the last five years of reinventing myself this is a program again that I have that I bring out no matter where I am uh, I bring to audiences all over the country and I talk to them about these easy five steps and they're so simple and and I'll even give you a link to to so that you can see it it's called the nice guy 30 literally is five steps that you do over the next 30 days and if you can do these routinely consistently you will be successful no matter what you do okay you ready go return your phone calls return your emails be on time every time stop over promising and under delivering so in other words tell the truth and the last one reach out to a couple people a day that you have not communicated with in the last 30 days just to say hi. Those five steps, no matter what you do in your life, no matter where you are in your career, no matter what level of position you hold at a at an organization, those five steps will build a successful network, build a successful business, and make you more money than you would ever possibly imagine. How many people are don't return phone calls, they don't return their emails, or they don't answer the questions in their emails, they're late for their appointments, they overpromise and they underdeliver, which is hell on wheels when it comes to building a business. And they don't communicate with people in their life just to say hello. They only call people when they want something. Those five steps, if you do them, you will be successful no matter what you do. And for everybody listening, I'm going to be implementing number two, which is a constant struggle of returning my emails on time. Uh, we all struggle with it, but you know, you've just reminded me again that uh, that's something I need to be more on top of. Well, what's what's so right. interesting about it? Sorry, and let me just let me just yeah hit home a point here. Whenever I do my conferences all over the country, and I ask people, raise your hand if you have if you have ever been on the non-receiving side of a return phone call, meaning has somebody not returned your phone call, and everybody raises their hand, and I tell ask them how they think that how does that make you feel. 
It makes you feel unimportant. It makes you feel like a non-priority. It makes you feel like you don't even know if they've, they've heard from you. And then I say, keep your hands up if you, don't return, if you haven't returned phone calls recently. And their same hands stay up. I say, come on, are you serious? You just told me it makes you feel unimportant, not a priority, that uh, you don't even know if the person got your message or not. Why are you doing what you don't want to have happen to you? And so That's an same, amazing reveal. It's, it's a horrible reveal. It's like one of those like, oh, my gosh, I, he just called me out and I deserve it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sure you could add text to that. I was thinking that, you know, being ghosted is like one of the worst experiences yeah. in life. You're yeah. like, why won't they just return my text? It takes a second. Yeah, that's you're interesting. I, I didn't know that that was the term for it, ghosted, but that's that's such a great term. I'm, I might have to steal that from you, Jeff. Yeah, so uh, I can't claim credit for it, but there's also a new one. So so one of my side gigs is I have an online dating consultancy called Hitch Philly, and we put together some online courses for teaching people how to be better at online dating. And there's all sorts of different modules that we put together about etiquette of texting and flirting and things like that. And ghosting is one of those commonly known things in the online dating world where you send a few messages, you're going back and forth, and all of a sudden, nothing. Gone. Uh, and then there's actually a new one called breadcrumbing, which I'm still not totally clear on. So if anybody listening knows exactly what that is, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here. But I believe it's it's where you kind of give out bits and pieces, but don't fully answer it. So it's like, you're like, hey, what are you up to for dinner tonight? And I'm like, hey, I'll get back to you in a second. And then I don't. So then like you, yeah. you get back to me yeah. the next day and you're like, hey, you want to get together and grab a coffee? And I'm like, have you ever seen Stranger Things on Netflix? So it's just like these little bits of information, but I'm not necessarily answering your question, but I'm not telling you I'm not interested or whatever it might be. So that's uh, that's another one that's out there from what I've heard. That's great. It's actually a couple of people I'm going to connect you with. Uh, uh, Jen Hecht is one of them. She's got a program called the Dating Advisory Board. And uh, and I have a, a, a doctor that has been on my show many times. I'm going to connect you with her too, Karen, Dr. Karen. So um there's a couple people I now that now that I know another life that you were a part of, I, I, I have some good connections for you as well. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that's my other podcast that I neglect called Looking for Love. Um, <laughs> I love. Hey, listen, I, I'm a, a marriage number two. I hopefully I won't go any further than this, but I'm, I'm happy to share share my world life experience on that one, too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to be going into number two at some point soon also, but uh, so I, I feel you. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, Sorry. Doug, let's do this. Yeah. You've, you've, you've answered my big ones, right? You've answered all the big ones about the people, the technology. These are the things I really want to dig into about you. But now I want to hit you with some rapid fire questions. Do, do you think we could do that? Yeah, please. Let's all right, cool. Most of these are going to be about technology or about some business advice or something like that. But I really want you just the first thing that comes off the top of your head or, or the quickest answer. The right. first one is – Wait, hold on. Before you ask that, me, am I, am I allowed to use explicit language if I can't come up with a quick answer? Fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm so, there. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So let's do that. So the first one is what are the apps in your dock? I want to know in the, on your phone in the, the, the closest to where your thumb is at the bottom, what are the four or five apps depending upon if you're iPhone or Android? I okay. got to know what's most important. All right, so iPhone, the ones that are in my dock are phone, mail, message, and calendar. Isn't that pretty standard, or is that not a standard thing? I think it is. So a lot of people that I've asked, I'm always fascinated by it, but I'll, because it really reveals priorities, which I have another question that's totally about like who you are inside. That's it's going to be the last well, rapid fire. But, but if I go, uh, the, if I the go standard to, ones that oh, go ahead, go ahead. The standard ones on the iPhone are phone, messages, mail, and Safari. So those are the four standard ones. Oh, no. So if I go up to the next step, it's it's very telling, the next step. The next step, it, can I do that one? That would be good. Yeah, go for it. Good. So there's my meditation app, which is 10% happier. There's PZIZZ, which is my nap app. 
There's LastPass, which is my password keeper, and there's um, scheduling uh, scheduling appointments for my podcasts. So, the, so those those are more telling than the bottom ones. I use the bottom ones more often, but the next step up is really what I'm all about. So it's basically communication and then relaxation and podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. So the next rapid fire question is: What's the one application, either mobile or desktop or both, that you can't live without? What's the What's the one thing out of those? If you had nothing left on your phone but one thing, what would it be? Wow. Okay. One thing that I could not be without. Um, it. I might have to say email because I know how much of a priority email is in my life. So I would say if I only had access to one app on my phone, I would say my email is probably my most important. Awesome. Well, in a similar vein, if every social media site was deleted tomorrow except for one, and you could choose the one that gets to live on forever, it's the only social app we'll ever have again, what would it be? Hmm. That's a good question. What's the one? Well, I'm thinking about the one that I probably use the most is Twitter. So I'm, I'm going to go with Twitter as my social media, darling. Excellent. That's my answer too. What's the one, what's the one book that every business person should read? Oh, I just listened to it. It's so great. It's so funny you say that. Uh, Who moved my cheese? And I and I've and I've been a. I'm probably one of the biggest um, um, uh, promoters of the book. And I got to get Spencer. I think Spencer Johnson. I'm hoping he's still alive. Uh, I got to get him on my. Uh, I got to get him on my show. He's it, the book is incredible. It's written in parable form. If you haven't read it, it's about two mice and two uh, little people, and they are the, how they adapt to change in their life. Great, great book. Yeah, I recently read about that book. I haven't read the book, but I read about it in another book, and I can't remember which one it was, but it's interesting you bring it up because it's making me re-add it to my uh, my reading list, which is actually part of the reason for this rapid-fire question is I'm trying to selfishly build my reading list and get smarter. <laughs> well, if, Here's that's my last case, question. if that's the case, then it's uh, Nice Guys Finish First by Doug Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's obviously on the list. Here's my last question. I love this question. And and when I was going through trying to come up with what my rapid fire question should be, this is the one that was the first one that came to my mind because it's the thing that I think I can tell the most about a person mm. because of asking it. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, geez. One superpower. I would like to be able to see into the future. That would be that would totally be my superpower. I, I get so nervous and bogged down by the what if, you know, what what is going to be that um, that sometimes it it gets in my way for the now. And I and I, I wish I had the future, the, the ability to see into the future. That would be tremendous, a, a tremendous advantage and a tremendous disadvantage at the same time, too. Well, that begs the question, of course, of the paradox of if you could see the future, could you change it? And if you could, did you see the future? Oh, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. Ah, so what, interesting. what I love about the super the superpower question to me is always interesting because it it really reveals people's priorities, right? So you seeing in the future, even without you ex- having explained that, I could have said, well, you have some anxiety about what is going to have happened or potentially you want to use that to your advantage or use that to be able to uh, – you know, stop from causing yourself or others pain or to be able to take advantage of the situation for benefit, any number of different things is the whole seeing into the future thing. There's a, a benefit to being able to see what happens in the future. So I think it's a really interesting one that that's what you chose. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I, I try as best I can to live in the present, although I'm always trying to get to what is the next thing. And that's not, it's not a great way to live because you do, as you said, you do live uh, an anxious life when you do that. So I've tried very much. And again, that's part of the, what's on the second level of my, uh, of my doc, which is, which is rest, 
uh, meditation, communication. So uh, thanks for thanks for asking that question. It is a good one. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you were nice enough to come onto the show and spend some time with me, answer my questions about anything I want to ask about. And now I want to give you a chance to tell people about what you're working on and where they can get involved, how they can help you. Just now's your time. Tell us about you. Tell us what you're working on. No, that's great. Well, I, I have a, a book called Nice Guys Finish First, and that was really the um, the, the flagship of everything that, that has come since then. Uh, nice Guys Finish First is about building better relationships to build better business. Uh, I really have a, that has evolved into a, a into a brand building uh, keynote speech, which is uh, all about uh, building your brand to rock star status, as we talked about a little bit earlier. So uh, as a keynote speaker, I love delivering my message all over the country. If you have a conference that you're putting together or something that you're doing and you want more information on how to build a brand to rock star status, uh, whether you're an entrepreneur or you run a big business and you have little people that work for you, but you want your brand to be built to a rock, rock star status, it is all about the relationships and the people in your life. And you can do that um, just by getting in touch with me and I'm at, uh, dougsandler.com real easy. And my contact information is right there, but it's, uh, it's Doug at dougsandler.com. If anybody wants to reach out. Awesome. Doug, I can't thank you enough for being the first guest on my show and potentially what might be the best guest that I ever have. I mean, there's a high <laughs> bar set. Everybody no. comes on from this point forward. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough mountain to climb. Uh, I, I appreciate being the first guest on the show, Jeff. And, and what's going to be great is that you will make so many great relationships, as you know, through having another podcast. The idea behind the podcast will completely evolve. And for me, it was a brand booster originally. And now it's it, now it has completely changed to my network builder. Everybody, everything that's in my life now that that is d developing into more business is coming as a result of people either being a guest on my show or uh, hearing my show. So it's uh, it's really been a big, big boom for me. That's fantastic. I, I, I uh, it's really nice to hear that because I've been doing the podcast thing since I think it was 2011. I think I started wow, maybe that's before 2013. Podcasts were even a podcast. What they were called something it was, else back it was, then. It was, it was 2013 actually. That's when I did my first podcast. Our business started in 2012 doing it. I had an employee who started a show called Social Echoes, and he had like 23 amazing guests on. I was like, how in the world did you get these people on? He was like, I just asked. Right. It was kind of an eye-opening experience. But um, since I started podcast podcasting. My, the number one reason I did it is honestly, it was just purely selfish. I just wanted to talk to interesting people mm -hmm. and learn from them and hear what experiences they've been through and pick their brains and, and have a, a way of doing it where, uh, maybe they wouldn't charge me money or I wouldn't have to do that awful email. Like, Hey, can I pick your brain for half an hour? Right, right. But I actually get to talk to people. So it's very selfish in, in that way. But I thought others would enjoy listening. And, you know, I am trying to move to the point where I think about what this could become beyond that. But, but really the impetus has always been, I just want to talk to cool people and ask them about stuff. And that's that if for no other reason, that's a great reason, because it's not just your curiosity that people have, but uh, but people other people have that curiosity as well. So if you are curious about it, the chances are good that other people are curious about it, too. And for you to get them on your show and ask them questions, people are very shy. You know, part of my blog that is going to come out tomorrow is or on Tuesday is going to discuss um, or every Tuesday. I don't know when this is airing. So every Tuesday my blog comes out. But one of the things I discuss is all of those things that you have to do in networking and all of those those little tricks that you need to do. And the quite, people don't like to talk to other people. And so you're just doing it for them. They just get to be a voyeur into your world. And that's not a bad world to be a voyeur in. 
You're welcome, everyone that's listening. <laughs> right, exactly. Everybody, you should be thanking him. Thank Jeff. Exactly. Thank <laughs> me. So for all of you listening, and by the way, I will link to that blog post uh, whenever this comes out, yeah. uh, which I'm, I'm hoping to put out very, very soon. Uh, I will link to that blog post that you're talking about and make sure that everybody can see it. I'm going to link to your, uh, to your website. I'm going to link to your book. And everything that we talked about in this episode will be in the show notes. Uh, maybe not everything like a transcript, but I mean everything, right, uh, right. kind of key points and things like that. Right. Doug, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Everybody out there listening, thank you so much for listening to episode one of Shareable, uh, my new podcast. Please go over to iTunes, give us a rating, subscribe, tell your friends about it. For God's sakes, the show is called Shareable, so go tell someone about it. That was so much fun. I can't even believe the guests that we get. I mean, can you believe the guests that we get? I can actually. I schedule them. Awesome. Well done. Well, this episode for me was an absolute blast, and I hope everyone listening really enjoyed it. But now that we're in this fun little outro, what should people do next? Hmm. I think they should check us out on iTunes. Definitely go check us out on iTunes. And when you get there, subscribe, drop us a review, and then what's that one last thing we want them to do? I don't know. Share the episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's in the name. So... Please share this episode, tell everyone you know, and we'll see you on the next episode of Shareable. Bye.